It's the regular season finale. Can Boston College get their first ranked win since 2014? We're going to talk about this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy Friday. This is our final football show before uh, of the regular season. Of course, there'll be bowl games coming up. And with me, I have Eric Hofsis, who we're going to have a lot of talk uh, to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Wake Forest game. He's got some thoughts on Frank Signetti you're not going to want to miss. And we'll also get into some of the games of the week uh, from around college football. Eric, I know you're fired up. How you doing? Well, I guess as good as I can be after attending uh, the game last weekend and seeing my uh, BC over seven wins ticket blown up. Yeah, that, that's a, that was a tough one. And um, I'm sure you'll have thoughts about that. But we have Wake Forest. And before we get into that, I wanted to give some breaking news. Uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, Boston College football has announced that 12 to 15 players on the football team have the flu. Uh, and Halfley is hopeful uh, that they're going to be back for Saturday's game, but it hit all positional groups. Uh, they're out of practice right now. Uh, so that is uh, something to definitely keep an eye on because if those are starters, BC could be in some serious trouble. All right, Eric, Wake Forest. What are your thoughts on this team so far? Um, Wake Forest has been impressive to me. Um, obviously, especially their offense. I mean, um, Really, they've just been destroying teams all year, even even some uh, good defenses along the way. And uh, this is, I, I don't know, I you know, I know, uh, um, I know they had some good teams uh, and actually won an ACC title along the way. But this, I, offensively at least, this might be the best Wake Forest te- team I've seen. I mean, it's. T- opponents have had a tough time slowing them down this year. And uh, I'm not very confident that BC is going to be able to. Yeah. They've averaged 41 points during the season and, you know, they put up 70 against army. They've put up, you know, over 30, almost in every game that they've played. And this is the type of offense that gives BC fits. And, you know, in the first year under Halfley, they did not get to play Sam Hartman in this offense, but they're fourth in the country in offense. This team can move the ball with that they call it the mesh RPO, which is that slow handoff, which sucks defenses in and gives Sam Hartman, um, you know, a little extra time to make a decision. Um, you know, when you look at BC's issues going into this game, what concerns you most, Eric? Um, it has to be, it has to be the defense. Um, I, I, I think, I think the the last two weeks, as well, I, while on the scoreboard, the D's looked all right. Um, both Georgia Tech and Florida State left multiple scores on the board the last two weeks. On Georgia Tech, it was more um, red zone conversion. Florida State, it was just a lot of dumb penalties and, and self, self-inflicted self wounds. Um, so the defense concerns me. Um, uh, hopefully, they'll be getting some guys back from injury this week. You know, I saw Sebastian back last weekend. He wasn't 
he wasn't at his usual snap count. I saw them kind of playing him more situationally throughout the game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he's, you know, back to his normal workload or not, or if they're still just kind of taking it cautious with him here to, to end the season. Um, I don't know if Barry will be back or not. Um, you know, Halfley seemed like he, he was kind of wishy-washy on that. Uh, unless you read between the lines something different with what he said. I cannot, uh-huh. fi- I can't figure out his injury reports to save my life. Yeah. He's, you know, he's got a that, great poker face with that. Yeah, he does. I never know what, what if a guy's in or out, um, where with, with, um, Daz and, uh, Spaz, like it was pretty, pretty easy to know when guys were playing or not. But yeah, it's definitely hard with Halfley. Um, yeah, I have serious concerns about the BC defense. Um, and then, you know, the, the offense has obviously looked a lot better with Jerkovic back, but I, I don't know. I don't know if the offense is operating at a high enough level right now to keep up with Wake Forest in this game. So I have I have multiple concerns in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I you know, you look at their the Wake Forest defense and as good as their offense is, their defense has been their Achilles heel. They can't they can't stop anybody. Um, and, But, you know. I agree with you. Like I, I look at Wake Forest's offense is easily the best offense Boston College has played all year. Uh, you yep. know, I Louisville though I, the way that Malik Cunningham has played lately, he's starting to show that maybe they they're up there too. But I, I, I personally, I think Sam Hartman is a great quarterback, and he's got two excellent wide receivers. Now BC has flaunted, you know, it was like what two weeks ago that all, Jason Baum and the and the athletic department had all those graphics up about their past defense and how great their past defense is. This is the week that they got to show up or or shut up because I, you know, I think you, I think it was you that said it last week. Like you saw that and you're like, okay, but they haven't really played a really good passing offense. We saw a little bit against Florida state and that, that past defense really struggled. So I don't, I I think this is going to be a real test of what the, the ceiling is for this, this past defense. And as you said, if DeBerry comes back, that really changes a lot because if he, if he's back to, you know, playing it close to hundred percent, he really does change that defense. But if he's out, oof, could get ugly on Saturday. Yeah. If the, DeBerry's back, it would help. But, and then also, um, you know, the flu, I don't know how many, by Saturday, we don't know how many of the defense will be affected by that. And as we know, they are super thin right now um, in certain positional groups on defense. Um, it's, it's going to, it's going to be an issue for sure. Yeah. And when you look at the offense, the other piece that you mentioned, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about it when we talk about Signetti, um, the, the player Phil Dracovic, like he clearly against Florida state, they got guys in his face and he struggled. Georgia tech was not able to do that. Um, I don't think wake is going to have the same issues that Georgia tech did because Georgia tech's defense was just pitiful but I don't think they're going to be as um, relentless as Florida state was. Now, if Signetti goes out there and runs the ball, you know, if that's his goal to run the ball, we'll talk about this in a second. BC is going to be in a lot of trouble. (laughs) You think wake forest can shut down their run? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I do. And you know, there's a lot of like, you know, you're looking at different factors that could play a role. You, You would hope that you play a Southern team late in November. That would kind of minimize the um the you know give bc a little bit of an edge because sometimes southern teams wilt when it gets really cold 
that being said, it also hurts BC because, you know, the, the thing is, you know, that we've heard is when it gets cold, that could impact the risk of Phil Dracovic. So that could also impact Boston College. BC has the home field advantage, but it's Thanksgiving weekend. And, you know, every student is like, yeah, I'm not coming back for that game. I'm going to stay home with my family. So it's going to be a dead stadium, I think. Um, yeah. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of juice going into this game. No, especially after last weekend, like at this point, you know, there, there was the rumors floating around like, oh, maybe eight and four. Then maybe they sneak into the Holiday Bowl if things break right. And that was like a pretty cool uh, carrot hanging out there. And now after the loss to FSU, um, you know, what what's really the difference between a six or seven win regular season? And meanwhile, this game means all the world to Wake Forest. Um, so, yeah, motivation definitely in Wake Forest's favor for this game. All right. So, Eric, let's go over your predictions. Uh, how much do you have <laughs> uh, based off what you're saying? How much do you have BC losing by? It's a five point spread on the, or it's actually down to four and a half. I saw, uh, which seems really I, low. I do, I, I do not, I do not get that at all. Um, be, because of the, all the reasons we've already mentioned, uh, the defensive concerns, some offensive concerns, the motivation factor, the dead stadium. Um, I've actually, I've actually uh, probably stupidly picked BC to win every week this year on this podcast. Uh, this is the week I'm going against them now. I've got Wake 41, BC 27. Okay, I, yeah, I had about a 14-point loss here. I'm going to go with Wake 45, BC 30. Um, I think BC will score some points, but I just I cannot envision them slowing down that offense. And as you said, it's a great point. Wake is playing to, for that ACC championship. They are going to be juiced up. And if BC is, you know, gassed from the flu and not playing at their best, they're going to get it's going to be a tough, tough game. Now, Eric and I are going to talk in just a moment. A conversation Eric and I have had all week, and I want to get pick his brain on this. And that is the play uh, or the coaching of offensive coordinator Frank Signetti. Eric's got some thoughts and I want to hear what he has to say. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial software to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite right now. And right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Again, head over to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing business. netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black, we just got through uh, the predictions in which I think it's probably the first game Eric and I both universally agree that BC is going to lose this weekend. Uh, But we're going to start talking about one of the things that um, got fans really fired up this week, and that was the play calling of Frank Signetti. Now, I didn't get to go to the game live last week, and I had another commitment, so I I had to watch it at home. Eric was there live, and I know he's all fired up about Signetti. So let's talk about your thoughts about his coaching style. Go ahead, Eric. 
Well, in this one, one of the things that struck me, um, and I, I said at the game, was the, the lack of getting Zay Flowers the ball in the first half. Um, the, the offense was a little bit stagnant. Um, and I, I just thought it was the time to um, set up some kind of play that's just just for him. Um, I will give I will give FSU some credit. Um, they they were physical with Zay in that game. Their their cornerbacks were getting hands on Zay every time Jerkovic dropped back for a pass. I mean the refs and and I'm not even one of these like fanboys like oh the refs aren't calling enough penalties like that refs threw a ton threw a ton of flags in that game. Um, they, they could have called a holding on on the floor defensive backs on Zay every time. And to his credit, Zay was actually getting open a little bit, especially in the second half. I noticed he was free and uh, and Jerkovic was not finding him. But um, listen, when the, the quarterback is not finding guys downfield, sometimes it's your responsibility as those see to uh, get some plays designed for Zay to get the ball. We've, we've seen them do some gadget stuff for him before. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of lacking um, in the first half of this game. Um, really though, I, I think, I think my issue was like a lot of other people and that's, that's how he handled the last drive, particularly at the end, the, the two runs that set up BC for um, a third and nine. Um, and that's ultimately when the drive stalled out. Um, you know, I know um, if you asked Signetti, he'd say, you know, Garwa just popped off carries of nine and six yards before that he had, um, those were the only two good runs on the whole drive though. Um, Garwa was actually had seven carries for 23 yards on that drive before they ran, um, on that, that, those last two plays and it got set up for a third nine. So they weren't particularly having success overall running the ball on that drive. Um, so, so I had a big problem with that. Um, and another thing I did have issue with was, um, and I wish I grabbed the snap counts for this, but the offense was popping off a little when uh, Travis Levy got in there and kind of sped up the tempo a little bit in the second half. And, and I think, I think there was a bigger role for him to be played. Um, I know Garwa is more of the featured back, the guy that used more, but sometimes you got to go with like the hot hand. And I thought Levy was, was that guy late in the game. And they, they just didn't look to him in that last drive at all. You know, I, I get where you're coming from and I'm not going to argue with you on that. Cause I think you're right. on a lot of that, the, the runs for me, I, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but it seems like just from an eyeball test, when Boston college runs the ball, they always run it right after. And it could be a first down, right? You know, they run it for Garwo for 15 yards. And then it seems like, majority of the time that they run it again, the second play and it goes backwards. And it's like, Oh, you gotta, get to figure out a way to get out of that. Now, the bigger issue for me watching that offense. And the one that I was like, man, what is up with this is how out physical or, you know, the, the superior physicality of the Florida state defensive line that just beat the snot out of BC's offensive line, at least for that first half of the game. Yeah, that was that was pathetic, and I think um, I think the old I think Signetti is taking a lot of heat, and uh, le- and people are actually forgetting about that first half performance by the line. Hell, I didn't even mention it when I was talking about the game. Um, but yeah, that was pathetic. Florida State completely controlled the trenches in that one, um, especially early. 
Um, it was kind of puzzling, like being at the game. I don't know if there's other people listening that were there too, but like there was just no energy from the BC sideline from the start of that game. And I, I don't know. I, I know Florida State wasn't ranked or anything coming in, but still that's a big name team coming to your home stadium. Um, and there were, there was just no, no buzz about it. Um, and it's, it's pretty, uh, <laughs> I, I must say it was pretty interesting conversation. Uh, I felt like I felt, I felt like after the Florida state game, um, it was the first time you saw some BC f- fans kind of question Halfley. Um, I, I think, I think they've kind of trusted them along the way, but this was kind of the first game where they were like, come on, dude, you got, you got out coaching this one with some of your decision-making. Um, the, the oddest one to me was, um, and, and I had people defend Halfley for this on my Twitter feed. It was late in the game on that fourth and two in their own territory. He actually sent the punt team out there and the crowd booed him. He calls a timeout. And after the timeout, he goes for it. Yep. Um, I know he gave the ex- explanation post game. He kind of had changed his mind, but um, I, I, w- I was disappointed with Halfley in that one. That might be the first time I've, I've said that. Like, I think, I think he, you got to know going into the drive, be very clear when you're going to go for it, when you're not, what situation. And it just, it seemed like there was a little bit of uh, confusion. I, I don't know about confusion, but um, just lack of making a decision. Uh, and I had a, tr- I had a problem with that. And, and honestly, you know, I, I heard a lot of people defend him and say, Hey, that was the right move. He called a timeout and went for it. Well, yeah, but the right move would have been going for it right away and saving that timeout, which they ended up needing yep. um, and didn't have uh, when Florida State got the ball back. They then had no shot to win the game. So um, I do question him for that. I, I just want to say it's a little weird, uh, too. Like, I, I feel like there's some people out there that, like, are afraid to question Halfley. And um, it's odd to me. Like, I think Halfley is a good coach. Uh, maybe even a really good coach and he's kind of learning on the job here at BC. He's never been a head coach before. So I, I totally I, agree. I, I, I feel th- like I can say he's a really good coach, but then also question when I think he does, does something weird. And someone, someone even said to me, said to me, you guys would be killing Adazio if he had done that. And and they're absolutely right. We would have roasted Daz if he called a timeout and then changed his mind like that and burned a timeout. We would have murdered him for that. So yep. uh, to be fair, we got a question halfway when he does something like that. I think it's, I think that's all fair points. And I think what we need to always remember too, when you're thinking of Halfley is what's he coached 20 games professionally. I mean, at the collegiate level now he's young mm-hmm. and like, we forget that like that he's learning how to do this. He's going to screw up because, and that you can call him on it because He's a head coach and that's what you're supposed to do, but he's on like game 20 of being a head coach. So like when he says after the game, like, Oh, I had 25 seconds. I had to make a a call. I I needed more time to think about it. And that's great. But as you said, like the right play would have been to pause and, you know, like to just go and do it. So you don't have to waste the time out. Um, You know, I, I, the thing about halfway too is, you, you can look at the positives and negatives. And so like when I see him being compared to Daz, that's the stuff that I'm like, Oh, shut up. Like you can, oh, you that, can that's stupid. That's stupid. Because Boston college would have lost that game 40 to 10. If that was Daz, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like they would have known. And like he make, he has his positives, but I think it's also fair to, to point out where he's, he's screwing up. And 
to his credit, he usually does take it. And I'm, I'm curious. I, I asked him last year about this because he, I'd go to every press conference virtually. And he'd say, you know, I got to coach better. I got to coach better. And I'm, and like, I heard him say it like a dozen times. And then finally I was like, Jeff, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, I want to know, what do you mean? Like from last game, what do you want to coach better? Because it just, to me, sometimes it seems empty, but he, he legitimately has things. Like if you ask him, he'll tell you X, Y, and Z he wants to fix. But I think it's fair to question him at this point, but like, well, wait, also, what did, I think it just changes our mind frame of where, where he's at as a head coach, you know? Wait, you didn't you didn't say what you thought of uh, Signetti's play calling. Oh, um, well, I, I thought you were going to go in on the running thing, like him running the ball too much. So I I, 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 I thought I, he did on the la- I thought he did on the last drive. He, he kind of leaned on it a bit too much. But overall, in the overall in the game, um, I don't know. It's not like the passing game is lighting it up right now. So, yeah, I mean. I didn't, I, I didn't like the last drive. I have to be honest with that. Like I, I would have gone with the, your defense has been stopping Florida state's offense that second half. Like if you're going to score too fast, let your defense stop Jordan Travis one more time. I think they could have done it. And so I would have gone more with, you know, letting Dracovic fly a little bit more there. Um, But I, I don't know. I, I, you know, with my, my biggest issue on this whole game, as I already said, was the offensive, the play of the offensive line. I thought that was, the story of the game, but you know, I, I obviously think that Signetti has, he's got room to improve too. So I think that's on and everything. So Eric, in a moment, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the games around the week. It's rivalry week around the country. You wouldn't know that at Boston college because we get Wake Forest. Uh, but before we do that, bet online, it's Thanksgiving and we all know what that means. It's football time and nothing goes better with football than Turkey and betting. Bet online has got you covered all holiday season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season. Eric and I talked about the odds on Wake Forest and Boston College. You can head over to Bet Online if you agree with us. You can bet on Wake Forest if you think we're full of it. Go put your money on on uh, on Boston College. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's Black Friday. Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that ever has been in the history of Black Fridays. With new limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of deals. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount? All through Black Friday, we can get at least 20% off everything and everything at Built.com when you use promo code LOCK20. Listen to the new flavors that they have right now at Built, including Ruby Chocolate Puffs, a marshmallowy goodness covered in a unique chocolate, Ruby Chocolate. This has never done be- but been done before by Built Bar. There's dark chocolate, there's white chocolate, and now Ruby Chocolate joins the Built Bar Club. It's unique and delicious. They also have the Lemon Dip Cheesecake Puffs. Love lemon cheesecake? You'll love Lemon Dip Cheesecake Puffs. They're tangy taste of lemon, sweet cheesecake, and a marshmallow puff, and all covered in chocolate. And then they also have the Built Bar Crave Bar, a uh, all a Built Bar Friday weekend isn't complete without the world word free. Buy any box of Built Bars through Sunday and get two of their brand new candy bars, Built Crave, for free. Built has finally done it. They've come up with a candy bar that is a great alternative to the bar they claims to satisfy. It's caramel covered 
chocolate loaded with peanuts, giving it that nutty, chocolatey, mm, so good sweet candy bar flavor. And it only has 168 calories with 17 grams of protein. Show me a candy bar that even comes close. No need to fight angry crowds. No camping out for hours. Your best Black Friday deals are at Built.com. Remember, 20% off at Built, uh, Built Bars and two free Crave Bars all at Built.com when you use promo code LOCKED20. This is AJ Black. This is Locked On Boston College. I am the host, and I am also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. You can check out all my work and previews of the game up at BC Bulletin. I'm here with Eric Costas. We've talked about Frank Signetti. We have talked about Wake Forest. Now let's look around the country and look at some of the big games this weekend. And Eric, looking at the ACC, the biggest game of the week has to be, obviously, Boston College. And, and oops, sorry, there's an ad that just went on there has to also be UNC and NC state. What are your thoughts on this game? Um, well, it is a big rivalry for the two schools down there. Uh, more so in basketball, of course. Um, I'm going to take the NC state defense in this one, uh, North Carolina, pretty disappointing team for all the preseason hype thinking they might be a top 10 team. Uh, there's a very real chance they'll finish six and six. Um, and then we head down to the Sunshine State where two rivals are playing with bowl eligibility on the line. It's the Seminoles that we just saw against the Florida Gators who just fired their head coach. Uh, it's a Florida. Florida is a, a favorite in this game, which I don't understand. I would take Florida State in this one easy. Yeah, I'd take Florida State outright with the victory. Uh, they, they seem motivated. They looked motivated against BC. Um, Florida like hasn't been trying in a couple weeks. I don't know if firing Dan Mullen changes that, but I'm not, I'm not risking that. Well, I I'll take Florida state and I'll leave and uh, put some real money on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's some other games. We're not going to go over you, uh, Miami against Duke. That game just seems like it's dead in the water, Virginia tech and Virginia seven point Virginia, um, favorite in this game. I like, I like the, the Cavaliers now that Brandon Armstrong's back in Virginia tech has, they got to win for bowl eligibility, but I, I think the Cavs are a good a good bet here. Um, I'm going to go against you because in this spot, I always go with the team that needs the win to get bowl eligible. So I'll go against you and take the Hokies. All right. Well, if you're going to go against teams that need to be bowl eligible, how about Pitt and Syracuse? Pitt is a 13-point favorite. Syracuse needs to win to make a bowl. Oh, you're going to make me do it, but I'll, I'll – I'll... man, Syracuse burned me last week. I thought um, I thought they really needed that game. Um, because they had Pitt on deck, and now look what they've done. They need this win. I'm going to take Cuse with the points to keep it close. All right, I'm going to go. With, I'm going to go with Pitt, and they're going to cover on that one. I think Ooh. Pitt's got too much to do, and I think Syracuse is. Uh, you know, they started their season off with a pretty easy slate of schedule and uh, teams, and now that they've hit their uh, the tougher part of their schedule, they're falling apart. And I think this will be the end, and I think it'll probably be the end of Dino Bavers by uh, the end of this weekend. Um, all right, Clemson and South Carolina. South Carolina is a sneaky fun team this year. Uh, they are an 11 and a half point underdog, but Clemson is playing out of them. They're starting to really become Clemson. So I'm going to take in the end. I, you know, they're, they're playing for, you know, bowl slots and everything like that. I'm going to go with the Tigers here. Uh, yes. They've been playing a lot better here the second half of the season. So I also am on Clemson. It's, the, it's so sad that like if Boston college wins and Clemson sneaks in, all of this, you know, who's going to win the Atlantic? And then it goes right back to Clemson again. Uh, right. I don't think it'll happen, but we'll, we'll see on Saturday. Um, a fu- another interesting game on Saturday is Kentucky, who's eight and three, and they may not be with Mark Stoops for very much longer as LSU is a 
reportedly uh, very interested in him against Louisville, who has been playing out of their minds the last couple of weeks. Louisville's a three point favorite. I'm going to go with the Cardinals who are only six and five, but I think they're going to win this one pretty easily. Yeah, they're only six and five, but like you said, they have been red hot. So let's keep it rolling with them. I would not go against them right now. In the Malik, ma- almost Malik Cunningham has to be in the talk for Heisman next year. Like the way he's playing right now, he is, if he comes back, which I know is a big question mark. And, you know, just like with Jakovic, if he sees the, the draft lottery as like, oh, I can get into the early rounds, maybe he'll go. But man, if he stays around, he's going to be a major issue next year. Yeah, I agree with you. They the, the coaching staff there, give him credit because they figured him out. We we bashed him a little earlier in the year, rightfully so, but uh, he's he's a different player now. All right, let's look into some of the rivalry games this weekend. Alabama against Auburn. Brian Harrison has been rumored to be possibly going to Washington, which I guess is an issue because of his vaccination step state. Huh. Um, but um this is always a, a tricky game to pick. Alabama is obviously a much better team. Bo Nix is out. Um, I think Alabama is a 19 and a half point favorite. I don't know. I, when, when, it, when it's the iron bowl and it's a gross big spread like that, I, I have a hard time touching that one. Oh, I know. Um, and I, I don't know when, whenever I have a toss up like this in a rivalry game, I'm going to take the points. So that's what I'm going to do here. All right. Penn state and Michigan state. Um, James Franklin is signed until like 2080. Now it sounds like um, yeah. going seven and four. That's an impressive uh, contract to give a guy that really hasn't done, you know, he's won a few BCS games and, you know, um, new year's six games, but this game seems like it's got Michigan state written all over it. Penn state's a one point favorite. Um. I'm actually going to go Penn State in this one. Michigan State, I don't I don't know if their motivation is still up after getting their doors blown in last weekend. And finally, the last game of the, the rivalry week that I want to talk about is Bedlam. Uh, number 10, Oklahoma against number 7, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a four-point favorite. <sighs> Oklahoma State's defense has been playing very, very well. And but Caleb Williams of Oklahoma has been improving and um, – that that offense is improving as well. Where do you think? Where do you have your game? Uh, your money on this one, Eric? Well, I'm going to go with Okie State. Um, I don't know how healthy Caleb Williams is right now after he got knocked out of the game a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'm going to take Okie State. I think they might be more motivated than Oklahoma in this one. And then finally, let's look at. <laughs> I get yelled at for bringing him up all the time, but I just have fun with it. Some people love it. So oh, uh, people, it's a it's a nine o'clock start. There's that one guy that was going at you hard uh, last week. I don't remember his name anymore, so sorry, buddy. But, yeah, there was a guy going at you hard about bringing up Spaz, and I, he pretty much was accusing you of uh, deflecting on Halfley and going to Spaz. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he can do that all he wants. Um, the 3-8 and eight Colorado State versus 7-4 and four Nevada. Nevada with Carson Strong. Uh, they're a four-point favorite. Will you take Adazio in the season finale? Hell no. Nevada is actually a, a really good team. Um, and it, they're, they're one of the better teams in the Mountain West. Um, and Adazio just went down Hawaii. Um, it, it was funny. He got called out by reporters this week. Um, it wasn't worth posting about really, but since it's easier to talk about. But I, Hawaii went up kind of big in that game. 
And then Adazio started airing the ball out and Colorado state kind of got back in the game and only lost by a couple points. Um, but it was one of those situations where Hawaii was kind of letting them throw it around and, and just trying to run the clock out. So Daz opened up his press conference talking about how the, the passing game was, was record setting and just <laughs> puffing his chest out about the passing game. And then, uh, his air was taken out of his sails a little while later. A uh, reporter asked him, you know, you know, do you think some of that could be contributed to your team being down multiple touchdowns and Hawaii basically letting you throw? And he didn't appreciate that question, of course. But I was kind of disappointed, Eric, that you didn't have anything up by him after the game. I, was, <laughs> I went to your Twitter. I know it's like an 11 o'clock start because I was in Hawaii. I, I went to your Twitter to go find it. And I was like, oh, there's nothing up. He must have not said anything. So No, I couldn't, I couldn't find any post game from that. So I had to settle for like the Monday press conference when he has settled down a little bit more. But uh, he, he definitely did get a little bit annoyed by that question. And it was, it was classic Daz bragging about the passing game um, and all indications. I didn't watch the game because it was so late, but all indications from my Twitter feed was that the, the reason Colorado State fell behind so bad was because Hawaii was selling out to stop the run. And of course, in Daz fashion, he just kept pounding the ball into the line until they were down by 20 something points. And then of course he aired it out, but it was too late by then. Um, but yeah, it never ends. Hopefully, hopefully uh, Colorado state brings him uh, back next year. So we're going to have some more fun. All right. So Eric, where can people find you on social media? Check out all my, my uh, really awesome college football and basketball hot takes uh, at EJ Hofsis, my last name Hofsis, H O F F S E S. And follow my barbecue company uh, at Hoffa BBQ across Instagram and Facebook. And we'll talk to Eric soon. Uh, we'll, me and him will have to discuss what we're going to do for bowl season, but we'll have him back on again soon to talk about uh, BC's bowls destination and, and previewing their bowl game when we get down to it. Eric, thank you very much for being on. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for following along. You can hit me up on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. You can also find the podcast on Locked on BC please make sure you subscribe to our podcast and give us a daily listen. If you want to get your Boston college news, this is the perfect place to do it. Thank you all and have a great weekend. Take care.